0: This is a Cincy Fan Talking with L.P. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy Fan Talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore Fantalk at Yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows, you might find yourself as part of the show any feedback would be definitely appreciated and also make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my twitter make sure you click on that you can find all the different ways to contact me there enjoy the show What's up? What's up? What's going on, everybody in podcast world? Welcome to. Hey, <laughs> I'm 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 still super hyped up from from the game on Saturday, but this is Cincy fan talking with LP, and of course, this his LP. Welcome to the pod, man. I, I can't even I can't even get the intro out. I'm so I'm so geeked up, man. Like. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Appreciate y'all coming by, stopping past, you know, all that good stuff. We we jumping in the Bengals stuff because we hype the entire city hype. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and break down exactly why the city isn't like full out tears and it it is wild. I, I'm outside after the game and it's freezing. I'm yelling, who they – it it was wild. So we're going to get into that. And we're going to get, Um, I don't know if you can call this fan etiquette. We're going to talk about kind of what it means to be a fan. Not really the do's or don'ts, but you know, I've been having conversations about what fans should be doing at sporting events as opposed to what they do and what they not do. So we're going to jump into that just a little bit. Hey, right. we finally kicked the 31-year the playoff curse, the curse of Bo Jackson. And and you know it's tough, I'll be real with you. The last time they won a playoff game, I was, I believe, full out 11 years old. It was 11 or 12. I remember being in the house with my brother, who was a year younger than me. We sitting there watching the game, remember Kevin Walter breaking Bo Jackson. And honestly, it didn't even look that bad. When it happened, you know, it wasn't one of those events where everybody was like, oh, dang. It was like an injury. He, They, they got him up out of there, and we took the L. <laughs> the last time the Bengals won a playoff game before Saturday night, they beat a team that plays in another state now, <laughs> in a place that doesn't exist now. Riverfront Stadium is gone. That's how crazy it is. That that's how wild that was. So watching them win that playoff game, it just I feel like it took the weight off the shoulders of the team, all of us. And shout out to all the old Bengals who who dapped everybody up and said congratulations and stuff like that. People like Carlos Dunlap, TJ Hoosh Zada. You already know Chad Johnson was, was doing this thing. But people gotta understand before I even jump into the whole game. You got to understand what Marvin Lewis did for the Bengals. Like, he real life changed the culture of the Cincinnati Bengals. He changed the way that we look at the Bengals as Cincinnati residents. I mean, I remember being up at Ohio State for college. I remember being at Ohio State as a kid when I was in that little program, and they had us up there every year, and we out there with, with people from other Ohio cities for a couple weeks in the summer. And people would just be laughing at our squad, like, oh, people from like Toledo and Akron and Kent, they don't even have teams, and they they clowning the Bengals, and we couldn't do nothing but sit there and take it. I mean, we had little glimpses when Jeff Blake was doing his thing and stuff like that, but it was like a long, we call it here the dark Ages. It was like a long period of Bengal suckiness, and then Marvin Lewis came along. And he changed the entire thing. He changed the whole culture and the mindset of what it means to be a Bingle and a Bengals fan. And he he gets credit for that in the NFL community. But I don't think people give him enough credit for what he did with this franchise because they never won a playoff game. And that's the thing about playoff football, playoff anything, playoff basketball, um, March Madness. Anything that's a playoff, it takes a whole lot of skill to get there, and it takes a lot of skill and luck to win. Nobody will admit that everybody goes like, you know, we, we did it. We got it out the mud. You know, we built it off our backs. You need a little bit of luck in the playoffs because you lose once and you're done. <laughs> that's how the game go. And the Bengals had all types of crazy stuff happen to them. We had, like, the, a dope team in 2005. Carson Palmer get his ankle, well, his whole leg broken. Not leg broken, but you know, towards ACL and all that. Second play of the game. It was, it was, it was crazy. You could just hear the whole stadium just kind of like flatten. The Bengals lost that game. Really good team in 2015. Really good team. Andy Dalton, another person who doesn't get enough credit for what he did for the Bengals. He got hurt. The Bengals make it to the playoffs. Just about to win the game. A few minutes away from just ending the game. Jeremy Hill fumbles. We just implode <laughs> two 15-yard penalties. Boom, Steelers kick a field goal. We up out of there. We talking, Beng- we talking Cincinnati curse, all of that stuff. Marvin Lewis stayed the course. He built a winning culture here in Cincinnati. So I wasn't surprised to see all of those Bengals come out and say, you know, congrats, great for the city, because that's what they were striving for. And I felt like when the Bengals won on Saturday, they won for all of those teams because I I liken it to the Golden State Warriors. And we're going to get into Golden State a little bit more later. But I liken it to them because Mark Jackson Built the Golden State Warriors. Like he built them up. He was there to help them draft folks like Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry. You know, at, Golden State was a homegrown organization. People want to say that they built a super team because they got Kevin Durant. There are very few NBA teams that aren't super teams that won a title. Look at the Lakers. You're talking about Worthy, you're talking about Kareem, you're talking about Magic. Look at the Celtics. You're talking about Bird. You're about McHale. You're talking about Parrish. I mean, they have some goons, Hall of Famers. So what Golden State did was Mark Jackson kind of built them up, and then he got the boot, (laughs) and Steve Kerr took over what was already there and made it even better. And that's no shade to Steve Kerr because he did something that Mark Jackson couldn't do. He got him over the hump. But you got to give credit to Jackson for what he did. That's how I feel about Marvin Lewis. He built this culture up. What Zach Taylor always preaches, you know, we got to get this culture set. The culture was already there. That winning attitude was there. We had a few losing seasons in between, but Marvin Lewis built this place up to be a destination. And once they got Burrow, it was time to rock and roll. So props to all of the Bengals out there that, that pretty much did their thing to get us to this point because I mean, the last time I remember the city jumping like this over the Bengals, this deep in the season, I mean, it was like 88, 89. And like, I have fuzzy memories of that because I was like nine. (laughs) But I do remember going to like grocery stores and stuff like that, you know, with moms and, you know, the brother and sister. And, You couldn't go nowhere without somebody yelling who they five or six times. Like the city was jumping. And that's what it feels like now. So it's all good. As far as the game on Saturday, if I had to grade, if I had to put the overall grade for the Bengals from a scale of one to 10, one being I can't believe they played so trash to 10, I can't believe how great they played, I would get them a seven and a half. I would nudge towards the eight. I, I would say seven and a half because they won the game. And when you win the game, you can't go under a, a six or a seven. Like, you you got to win. So, I mean, it's whatever. But two things the Bengals have to do. Number one, you got to get the ball in the end zone during the playoffs. You have to. You got to get that ball in the end zone you can't rely on field goals to get you where you need to be. Evan McPherson is doing his thing, fifth round draft pick. And that's like one of the best fifth round round draft picks they could have got, but you got to get the ball in the end zone. Once you make it to the red zone, once you get to the 20, you got to get the ball in the end zone, because if you don't, what happens is that momentum slowly starts edging towards the other team. And that's what happened on Saturday. You know, you're driving the ball, you get you get interceptions, you get fumbles, and you got the ball in position to get seven, but you're only getting three. And if that keeps happening, you're making the other team go like, okay, we can stop them. They can get three, but they can't get seven. And you let the other team get it, kind of get it in their head that, you know what, we can do this, we can come back. And that's what almost happened, which leads me to the second thing the Bengals got to clean up. That defense has to be consistent for four quarters, the only knock I have on the defense, because they are light years better than what they were last year light years, I mean I can't hate on what the free agents have brought to the table as far as this team. The thing is, you got to be consistent for all four quarters, the Bengals will show up defensively for two and then kind of take a break on the second half or. They'll kind of play like trash in the first half, and then they'll ball out in the second half. Four quarters of football is what has to be played. Now, I guess you can say the same thing for the offense, too, because the offense was kind of iffy after those drives in the first half. Um, so overall, i say about a 7.5 because they did what they needed to do. They got the job done. But you can always get better. You can always clean up stuff. And when they come in, when they go in to play Tennessee, that defense has to be on point. (laughs) Like they got to be. They're going to run the ball. Tennessee's going to run the ball, kind of set you up for the pass. And don't sleep on those wide receivers they got. You know, they got some pretty good wide receivers. Tannehill got to get on the ball. And I think that's where it'd be key for that pass rush to get in there. But stop 22 <laughs> that should be the focus stop derrick henry because he a beast as far as another part about the game everybody's tripping off of the play and you know the play burrow cuts towards the um the out of i'm saying the out of bound. he cuts towards the sideline lets the ball go touchdown tyler boyd I, I won't even front i heard the whistle right before he caught the ball. Real talk, I thought they were about to take the play and say you got to run it over again. I mean, real talk, that's the rule. If you're a Raider fan and you happen to be listening, I'm. you're not about to hear me take up for the squad and go like, nah, nah, that count because he caught the ball and the whistle was later. I'm watching with the wife. The wife and I both, we heard the whistle. And then he caught the pass. It was like milliseconds, though. It was like, boom, catch that fast. But under the rule, what should have happened is that down should have been replayed. But check this out, though. The Bengals were trying to kill the clock anyway. That was their goal. They were trying to run off as much time as humanly possible before they scored, whether it be three or seven. Field goal or touchdown. So, let's say the rules were followed and the Bengals had to replay third down. It was third and four. They get four yards, they can run the clock down even more. Just saying. And if they run the clock down even more, even if they get three out of the deal, there's not enough time left for the Raiders to score. So the Raiders are in a deeper hole than what they are before. So that's my thing. And I've always said this. I said this to middle school basketball teams that I coach. And, you know, they'll be upset about the refs. They say, no, no, nah, nah, nah Miss Parker, you, you see these refs? they out here cheating us. If we'd have got that play, we'd be up at five. I always tell them because it's the truth. If one play... If one single play is the reason why you're losing, then our squad ain't that good. Never in the history of life did a team lose by one play. It doesn't happen like that. Because if a team lost because of one play, did the other plays not matter? So all of the plays that came before that play didn't matter. And this play is the reason why you lost. Nah, it all matters, everything. So that's why you always hear the coaches, the coaches that have sense, they'll say, well, you know, it was a bad call. We we understand it it was a messed up call. We get it, but that wasn't the reason why we lost. The Raiders had so many penalties. It was, it was amazing. I'm like, what's going on? Do they, do they not know, (laughs) <laughs> Do they not know when the ball is snapped? And the referee like the, the umpire and all that, it, it was bad on both sides. I, I thought they were kind of trading, you know, um, he messed up. I messed up this play, so I'm going to go ahead and get him this. And I, it felt like that. It it was some really bad umpiring and refereeing from the good folks in the NFL. I can say that because I don't play. Like I don't, I, don't, I don't suit up, so I can say that. But overall, it was horrible all around. There were more than a few plays we as Bengals fans are looking like, really? Are the Raiders paying y'all? And then there were some plays that we were looking like on the TV like, ooh, they ain't that! it? <laughs> Whoa, we'll take it because the Raiders got the last one. So all in all, I thought the Raiders showed up a little bit too late to play, and they were undisciplined. Those two things led to them losing the game. And for a young team, like the Bengals are supposed to be a pretty young team, they show some resolve. Like they they show some veteran leadership, and they stand up when they need to. They really do. You can't really say that for a lot of young teams. I feel like it's not only because of Burrow's presence. You know, he'll get a lot of credit as quarterbacks do. Quarterbacks take – most of the credit, <laughs> and then, you know, if they're losing, if the team is losing, they get most of the blame. That's how it goes. Welcome to being the quarterback. You got to be willing to take that. However, the defensive leaders, you know, Hendrickson, Hilton, the folks that came over for free agency, we talking about winners. Like, <laughs> that's what makes the Bengals different from other Bengals teams past. They're different now. We're not talking about all the homegrown Bengals that have been hearing up uh, losing, you lost in the playoffs, you lose in the playoffs for years and years and years. They don't hear that. They came from Pittsburgh, they came from New Orleans, they came from places where they win regularly. That's what they do. So you know they come to the Bengals and they're like, look, we win. So forget the history, forget all of that. What we do is win because we're this year's Bengals. And I like the attitude. I like the mentality. I really do. Um, Cincinnati 24, Tennessee 16. <laughs> That's what I'm calling. 24-16. I feel like the opposite of what happened against the Raiders will happen against the Titans. I think they're going to start out kind of flat. We've been Pumping the Bengals full of praise for days and days and days. They're going to come out kind of flat. I think they're going to fall behind early. Don't be surprised if at halftime the Bengals are down seven or four or something like that. Don't be surprised. And I feel like the second half, they're going to kick it up and they're going to get it done. That's that's kind of what I see happening. The Bengals have been a second-half team all year. Like, all year they've been a second-half team. There have been a couple of games where they just kind of, like, you're like, what the hell? Like, why are you playing like this? But, honestly, every team in the AFC has had those moments. You can take any AFC team that's currently playing, and you can pick two or three games where you go, like, y'all lost to them. You know, I'm hearing people saying, you know, man, the Bengals, I don't know, y'all lost to the Jets. Yeah, the Titans did too. So, (laughs) just saying. It's that year. It's wide open in the AFC. And the Bengals have just as much a chance as anybody else to take the AFC crown. So I got the Bengals winning. Um, If I thought they would lose, I would definitely tell you. Um, I'm as unbiased as a biased Bengals fan can be. (laughs) Just saying. But I feel like they have enough firepower to take them down. And I feel like they have a solid enough defense. To hold Derrick Henry in check, I think Henry's gonna have a couple of runs where he go like, man, it's gonna be a long day. But I think for the most part, they'll get it done. It should be a very good game. Um, who they? Let's get it done, Bengals. Um, hey, and if you're on Twitter, you can just watch me live tweet the whole thing because <laughs> I'm I'm on that. Hey, you got a Cincy fan talking with LP? We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Princess and I'm Queen! This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a Scentsy fan talking with LP. And this is a Scentsy fan talking with LP Daddy. Nice job. Mm-hmm. know, <laughs> my What's up? What's up? What's going on? You got a Sensi fan talking with LP. And of course, this is LP and we are back at it. So for all of my fans out there. Got a couple of questions for y'all. We'll kind of go through them one by one until we get to two because that's basically what we're doing. So Would you consider a fan a fan if they don't root for the team, but they just root for that one player? would you consider them like a real fan or are they more like a bandwagoner to you? This comes up because I see a whole lot of people out there, you know, like let's say Kevin Durant, a favorite player or whatever. So, you know, they started off and they had all of the OKC, all the Oklahoma city thunder gear, you know, wearing the 35 Jersey and all that. And then he goes to Ohio state. My fault in Ohio State <laughs> Golden State my bad so they ditch all the 35 gear from OKC and now you see them in all the Golden State gear and they like yeah Golden State that's my squad then he go to the Nets all of a sudden they they didn't ditched all their Golden State jerseys and now they got on the Brooklyn jersey and they like yeah let's go let's go Brooklyn Nets always been now this is just how I feel personally this My own personal opinion. You can kind of take it for what you want. I don't really see a problem with somebody doing that as long as they make it known like that's my favorite player so I'm rooting for his team. You know, if somebody decides like I'm a Kevin Durant fan and they go like, KD, that's my dude so I'm a Nets fan. And they, they just come out and say it like if he goes somewhere else I'm rocking with them because that's my favorite player. I'm 100% fine with that. And I always tell people this. Some people are fans of the team. Like, this house, we're Bengals fans. You know, the ones that actually care about sports. Because, honestly, my daughters don't really care about sports. (laughs) Like, they really don't. Like, they'll see the game on, and they'll see us freaking out, and just kind of look at us like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Like, the game on, I told you we'd be yelling. But if somebody that we absolutely despise, like, I don't know, let's throw somebody out there. Um, Let's say Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. (laughs) He decides, hey, I'm I'm a bingo now. I'm about to be a bingo. Welcome. (laughs) Let's go. All the hate that I have towards you, gone, because you're wearing Bengals colors, so it's all good. We're fans of the team. Now there are some players, when they leave the Bengals, we still kind of feel like a kinship towards that player. You know, somebody like an AJ Green, or somebody like that. You know, he he's playing in Arizona, and we like, hey, do your thing. We hope y'all win, as long as y'all play us. Some players kind of had a hold on you because they really cared about the team, they cared about the city. Other players leave, and you kind of like, ah, so what? I don't care. But We're fans of the team, and we'll readily admit that. We'll just be like, look, if you're a bingo, we're cool with you for the most part, unless you do something dumb or stupid. (laughs) But some people are not fans of specific teams. They are fans of players, and that's cool. There's no written law that says you have to be a fan of the team in order to be a fan of the player. That's kind of weird to me. So somebody like a Russell Westbrook, you might have somebody that has like five different jerseys and they have five different favorite teams. So now their favorite team is the Lakers. And somebody will be like, man, you don't even like the Lakers. When the last time they won a championship? And they'll be honest, like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. They got Russell Westbrook now. So I'm a fan. That's my squad now. I want nothing but the best for the team because my favorite player is there. I honestly don't understand why people don't get that. Because being a fan means you're either a fan of the player or you're a fan of the team. It could be both, but it got to be one. (laughs) I mean, it has to be one or the other. What I don't, what I don't really get with, like what, what bothers me is somebody that, that Takes that and just laughs about it. So, like, let's say somebody is, I don't know, a fan of Kyrie Irving. And he plays for the Nets now. And they're like, Man, the Nets, my favorite team, and they always been slow down, chill out. (laughs) We start asking you easy facts about the Nets, and you go like, huh? Like, where the Nets played before they played in Brooklyn. If you a Nets fan, that's easy. Like that's that's cake. And you staring like, oh, I don't know. That's my favorite team. They been my favorite team. I was always no, 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 no. Just be honest. Honesty will get you in most places. Just be like, I don't know nothing about the Nets. I don't know nothing about back then. I'm a fan now because they got my favorite team. They got my favorite player. So let's go, like. Any traditions y'all want me to do or something like that? Because as long as my favorite player is here, you got a fan. I respect that. Like, and I'm not about to hit people with like a a whole pop quiz of five or ten different things you got to know to be a fan of the team. Nah, no, just just show that you want my team to win, and, and we good to that time period. I don't get why people don't get that. I don't know. I also don't get why people lie and try to go like. Nah, my, my favorite, this been my favorite team. Nah, man. Just just be real. Like, I mean, it's sports. <laughs> if you like a player, then cool. I mean, I've had people tell me, like, I'm only watching this because my favorite player playing, so I want that team to win. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. But I don't like that team, so I want the other team to win. So Are we betting on this or what? <laughs> okay. My second question is. Is it ever okay to boo the home team? My wife and I, we got into a, a little debate about this. We we have different opinions. She's like, it's not okay to boo the home team. It is never okay to boo the home team. Like You're rooting for that team to win. And if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, if they're completely messing the whole thing up, you sit there quietly. like You express yourself through that. But you're not supposed to boo the home team. That's just crazy. Me, I'm thinking a little bit differently. I'm like, most of the time, you don't boo the home team. If the team is about to lose and, you know, the other team was just better, you don't just sit up there and boo because it's not going your way. That That's absurd. But... If the team's not giving effort, if the team has just been completely trash, like, it's okay to boo. Like, you're expressing yourself, you're expressing how you feel about that team, because what you can do is let them feel like that it's okay. I mean, you can't do that. You can't throw your money at an inferior product, and then if the product is really that inferior you just sit there and go like "Mm -hmm -hmm." and i feel like us as Bengals fans i feel like we did that for a while and then people just stopped showing up to the games i think that that got the attention more and that's what my wife was saying she was like you know just don't go but what if you pay so much money for the tickets and you want to waste the money on the tickets what's the other way to express that you're not pleased with what you see and it would be lack of effort. It would be boneheaded play call and stuff like that. I feel like under those conditions, it's okay to boo. It's not like you're not coming back next week, but you got to get a fan something to cheer about. You can't just be out here half assing it, showing that you don't care, because I feel like fans, they're okay. With teams losing. Like that's cool. But what fans aren't okay with is lack of effort. And for as much as people spend on tickets, they simply want to see a good show. And at at the end of all of this, it's really, it really is entertainment. People might get a little too deep with it, <laughs> but this is really entertainment. And you don't want to spend hard-earned money to watch people just go half speed or to watch the coach decide to not go for it on fourth and one from the other team's 40-yard line, you're not, you know, you don't want to pay for that. How do you express that? You boo. What you don't do, and we both agreed on this, what you don't do is disrespect disrespect your home team by throwing stuff, and about yelling pro no 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 because this is your team and you plan on rooting for them and it would be okay for an athlete to feel some type of way if that was happening like come on we're playing at home this is about to happen when we play on the road y'all at home throwing stuff at us that's ridiculous come on but if you're showing that you don't care to the home crowd, who you're supposed to play hardest for, I think you should expect to get booed. That should happen. I feel like that's the only time you should probably get booed. I mean, you get a player that misses a big kick to end the game, and they, and in your home team loses. I don't really think you should be booing. You think he meant to miss the kick? <laughs> now, if he missed five kicks that day, that's a little different. I mean, I think he would expect to get booed. I think that would make him go harder the next week. But you get a kicker that goes four out of five, and he just misses the one that's supposed to win the game. I would expect the crowd to be completely silent. I wouldn't expect booing. I mean, my wife did make a pretty good point. She was like, how would you feel if somebody can't your job and booed you if you weren't performing up to the task? I mean, my response was I'd be a little upset, but if I wasn't performing up to the task on a regular basis, I would expect some stern words from you know the supervisor, the vice principal, and all of that. I would expect that, you know, I would expect parents let me know that I'm not doing my job. I feel like that's the equivalent of getting booed, <laughs> kind of sorta. Of. Um, it would be, I don't know how I feel if the if the kids start booing me, that that would that would be a mess. Like, what you booing for? Shouldn't you be listening? Like, <laughs> like, what are you what are you booing for? That's why we're having issues now. You can't hear me because you're booing. That would be kind of wild. I got I got to think about that one. But all in all, if you're booing the home team, it should be from a pattern of bad play. One bad play and you booing. I don't. I don't really even consider you a fan. You, I would consider you a bandwagoner right there. I, I really would. So and that, that's kind of my take. Let me know how you feel about it. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and open up the voicemail lines and all of that. Um, put a little poll up or something on Twitter. Um, let me know how you feel about it. Um, is it cool to boo the home team? Ever? Do you think there are times where you should boo? Just kind of let me know how you feel about that. Um. If we get some good voicemails, we might throw them up here next week so you can kind of hear it, then we kind of chat it up a little bit. Um, we're going to go ahead and roll out. Um, still going through the whole birthday month celebrations, um, gearing up for January 30th, where I will probably, I don't know, sleep all day. <laughs> and I don't know. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, we're going to go ahead and roll out of here. You got a Sensi fan talking with LB. And as always, life is good, y'all. Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's a Sensi fan talking. Leave off the G at the end of it, and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.